Hello, and welcome to Enough Wicker, a podcast where we blow our own Viterbenflobins when we can reach them as we chat about our favorite television show, The Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. The hard word to say. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and today we're tackling the 44th episode in the series, Long Day's Journey into Marinara. <laughs> I can't even reach mine. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is great. We get uh, Angela's back. It's really exciting. Um, I love the title of this episode as well. It's a really nice homage to crazy family activity. <laughs> For Long Day's Journey into Night. Night, um, Dorothy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that's my role here. Um, we are a scholarly podcast, Lauren. So. I know. <laughs> what, uh, what do you think of this episode? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I love it so much. I actually was just listening to our episode um, about the first time that we seen Nancy Walker. Yeah. And everything that we said in that in that one totally applies here. You know, the, the chemistry is great. She's yeah. so, so good at mimicking Estelle Getty's mannerisms and her delivery and all of that without it being caricature, which, which yes. really makes it seem like they're siblings. Exactly. Exactly. There's that fine line. I think we talked about it last time of like, you can't, you know, like you can't be an, you're not an identical twin, but you need to be related to somebody. And it's like not, you know, not to mention that they do a great job on the makeup and, you know, the dress and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, even just the walking and mannerism mm -hmm. and shuffling and holding a purse. And it's, um, you know, it's no wonder uh, Tony wanted to date both of them. Yeah, well, you know, and Tony's a, a hot commodity. He's got his own hair, his own teeth, totally unrestricted driver's license. Yeah, exactly. Who doesn't want He's that? He's actually very cute. Like, when he He's shows so up, that, that scene is really, really cute. Um, so it's actually kind of funny that he turns out to be a scuzzball. Yeah, and you know what's interesting about this one, too, is um, there's really only... It's only one joke that I feel like I'm frequently making, but I am... <laughs> often referencing Count Bessie on our social media because yeah. anytime you know there's more than you would think um in life chickens come up so I'm always like <laughs> who's the most famous chicken I know definitely Count Bessie <laughs> a showbiz chicken <laughs> throw some extra likes our way <laughs> no it's very true it's like and this is funny because it's like I forget that count bessie is part of this story until like i often do which is really funny because then immediately after i'm like oh no that's right angela gets the chicken from the garage <laughs> <laughs> the garage which, which like skipping ahead uh, you know it's very very reasonable that a woman from sicily based on all of their fucked up stories would actually know how to, to slaughter and pluck a chicken Right. And what are the odds that you have a chicken in your garage and it escapes and now you're having fried chicken? So what's exactly. the math on that? Exactly. Oh, my God. Um, also, so back to the beginning. Uh, Dorothy is reading a family activities magazine. I just wanted to point that out. For what? <laughs> exactly. Family activities. I mean, I'm not really sure. I, I don't think it incorporates like you and your 80 year old mother, but uh, it's just a, a unique <laughs> little set prop. <laughs> um, and this will come up many, many times, obviously. But like the, you know, how Blanche reads the same book in like 17 episodes, and like it's just like all of that kind of stuff. Like there's so many nice touches, but then there's just other weird ones where you're like, okay, what? Why that title? Why not Vogue or something? <laughs> Yeah. Well, I wonder also how much that has changed um, in terms of like 
production meetings and stuff because obviously first of all we're watching this with an eye that like you know yes, the, the viewers at the time intended. weren't but even if we weren't I feel like when their episodes are airing a full week apart you you wouldn't notice that like you might know oh, you, no. I'm sure you've been like oh I've seen that sweatshirt before you know but you're not gonna it, but I think now if you were producing a show for like Netflix or something you would have to consider that because oh, people yeah. are watching six in a row exactly exactly much bigger props department yeah <laughs> and like it's it's somebody's job is closer on the line instead of oh shit we have this family activities magazine sitting around <laughs> um so when rose rose brings count bessie into the room right like covered up like her face dropping when she <laughs> sees everyone in the living room is priceless it's perfect <laughs> physical comedy and it, it really just establishes the characters it's the same thing with like the dog the mouse like the animal mm-hmm. issue you know accepting the minx situation which as we've discussed numerous times was very unlike <laughs> most of the girls but um but i just i love that that's already something that you know and that rose inherently knows that they're gonna be pissed right but she's very ready to like defend the honor yes. of chicken owners when she's like right. i kept a chicken in my home and, exactly. and also like the um how she greets their uh or how she responds i guess to their reaction when they're like you know that chicken doesn't belong here belongs on a farm whatever and she's like right. this is not a farm chicken like what are you some sort of like <laughs> ignorant like yes yeah, like, show is chicken duh. what does she do play the piano she plays the piano <laughs> it's so good <laughs> also blanche again we've talked about this many times and i think rue mcclanahan is a master of it is when she's not actually the focus of the scene, you can still see her reacting physically perfectly. Because, like, so she goes, like, what does she do, play the piano? And then, of course, you're laughing because Rose says she plays piano and bringing the whole thing. And then Blanche is tidying and making space for her to put her down on the table, right? And, like, she still has, Blanche still has this pained look on her face that would be the exact same look you had on your face where you're like, oh, my God, I was fucking joking, Rose. Are you serious? <laughs> like, it's perfect. It's the exact same one. And um, I, um, I also want to talk about the line Sophia says, and the way it's worded is questionable, but I do think it comes up a lot, um, you know, here and also I feel like for anybody can, who watches can I the say, show. Yes, can please I quote do. It exactly? <laughs> you know, I'm old. Sometimes I get confused. I want to make sure I have this absolutely right. Rose works in a place where they help people with mental problems. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I mean, I literally wrote that out in its entirety to make sure I got it absolutely right. Just like Sophia. I want to make sure I have this absolutely right because it's so poignant. And it's just, she delivers it. And the, the, the way the line is written is perfect too, right? Because it's just like, you're like, what is she even going to say? <laughs> and then she's going to nail, as you said, the thing we've commented on multiple times. It's just like something about the innocence of, of Rose Nyland somehow must work uh, or not work, as we've discussed how bad she is in her job sometimes, um, to, to work in that sense. Um, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> so good just a perfect response i mean they're all just like a perfect response to rose coming in with a chicken in a cage and a baby piano like what i don't know how else you respond to somebody chicken sitting but it this seems to be how you know how people would react yeah exactly (laughs) um so on on the topic of rose like you know coming in and understanding like you know or or, i like being understanding that they'd be pissed at the animal, but also ready to defend it. I love the story <laughs> and just jumping a little bit ahead of where she, she knows the power of her St. Olaf stories where everybody makes up this fucking excuse to leave. And she's like, I'm going to tell it right when you come back. <laughs> and they all just sort of retreat back in. So great. So great. 
Yeah, I mean, and, and it's also funny, that scene is funny, too, because Angela even knows. Like, Angela's like, you know what, I guess exactly. I am a little tired. <laughs> <laughs> She's been there before. <laughs> She's, she, I mean, you're, you know, you're only in uh, one half a day with Rose Nyland, and you figured it out, for sure. Um, but yeah, so she shows up again. I love, you know, so Angela, oh no, Sophia Loren, I stopped using oil of Olay. That's also another just wonderful little 80s reference there. <laughs> But, you know, she comes in full full form as as usual. Um, and, you know, we get more. We get into mafia stories again. We just, <laughs> she just comes right in and just, like, sits, you know, fits right into place. Just like she did in the last episode, which is perfect. Um, and, you know, where, you know, did you have a chance to catch up? And Sophia's like, yeah, Angela filled me in on how all my family and friends back <laughs> home are doing. How is everybody? Dead. <laughs> Except apparently Angelo doesn't exist at this point, of course. But, uh, you know, I, I would assume he's still alive since we see him much later. Yeah, maybe he's pretending to still be, like, in the monastery or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want to hear from you particularly because you always have fascinating insight on, like, sort of the family angle. So what do you think about the whole the situation of, like, you know, Sophia is, like, moved to Miami and, like, you know, I meant Miami the city, not Miami my house, right? How quickly it becomes sort of a burden on Sophia where she's like yelling at Dorothy um just like the whole the whole scene of her like looking for a place and trying to move and all that kind of stuff like what what is your what is your take on it yeah I mean I think that um it's so it's so realistic and it's also so um relatable because I think there are a lot of people that you would love if they lived in your city you don't want them to live in your house. And right. and I think that that's particularly true of siblings. Um, yeah. And, you know, they have that, it, you know, from the beginning, like in the last one, they're sort of um, at odds, obviously. And then in this one, they're, they're cooking together. And um, it seems like things are a little bit better and stuff. But already Angela is kind of um, infiltrating their life where, there's a little bit left on the plate, I guess, like, uh, I think it's Blanche's and she's like, oh, you can afford it. Why didn't you eat Right. That? And also that is something that Italians do. It's, it's very true to life. Um, but yeah. And also the thing is like, Sophia knows that Angela is going to drag her feet. She knows these yep. places aren't going to have enough room for a goat. She knows like, right. she's not going to, like, she's not going to be satisfied with anything. And even though Dorothy is related to her, she doesn't know her the way that she does. And you're right. You're right. Like, None of it's surprising to Sophia, which I do, I feel like is so frustrating when you're like, I told you this is what was going to happen. And yeah. then it does happen. And she's like in her space and it, it's too small of a house for that many people. Um, right. And so, you know, I really sympathize and relate to Sophia here because like, I warned you that this is what was going to happen. And now look at her and you know what? And then she maybe kills Count Bessie. So <laughs> it's on you. <laughs> You're so right about that, like, oh, I think I'm close to this person because I'm related to them, but no, man, somebody else knows them much better, and it's gonna actually, like, she's lived with her before, like, she right. knows these little quirks in, in a way that Dorothy cannot, and, oh, yeah, that's great, and I, I mean, I've totally, like, I've been the Dorothy in that situation where it's like, yeah, whatever, what's the big deal, and you're like, oh, my God. Right, and also, I think that um, it's a little bit reminiscent of 
the way that we talk about Rose being so protective of her relationships, Sophia is very protective of her relationships and her space as well. And there's a line about um, Angela taping her line on the mailbox. And, yeah, and that, yeah. you know, that's, I think it's done well because it's relatively innocent, but that is something that I think would really sort of like set you off if you were in Sophia's position where you're like, this is oh, not yeah. your space. Right. It's actually really funny because that's a perfect analogy uh, to what we were talking about the past episode with Nancy Walker, the guest star, in that Nancy Walker was like a very big TV veteran. And as we all know, this was Estelle Getty's absolute first foray. And Estelle Getty had once done, um, you know, like, a, I think a commercial with where she was Nancy Walker's stand in and she was kind of standoffish, didn't really talk to her or anything. And Estelle Getty was like really pumped <laughs> about like having Nancy Walker come on her show. Right? right. So it's kind of a really funny little like uh, real life little tidbit that appears here, you know, much in the same way where we talked about real life tidbits when like um, Rose and Dorothy aren't getting along. Right. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> fascinating. Um, but yeah, but it's like it's that. Yeah, it's that space. And it's like I even if I love you, and like you said, some people you don't want in your house just nearby would be just fine. Um, but it is it is really good with the twist and turn, you know, towards the end uh, where <laughs> she goes to you know she she moves in with tony of course and it's like this really uh, ridiculous scene by the way i believe tony's apartment is the exact same rose like party girl uh before and after apartment set i i really think it is oh yeah that um, makes sense yeah and it's like uh, i mean because you know why why have a new one uh <laughs> But I think that, um, you know, it's 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 fascinating in the twist and turns of the writing of like how you, you know, you think that she's actually, you know, being a scumbag because she's been doing all these things that are very irritating and encroaching on Sophia's space. She finally moves out, but then you think she has the boyfriend and then the other lady comes out. I mean, it's just like it's a really good uh, little weird performance if it is just like gigolo Tony uh, <laughs> with like a lot of women in bathrobes around her him in general um i think it works it's just very quirky and funny yeah and actually you know what about this episode that i didn't realize before right now is this kind of has a little <laughs> bit of like a seinfeld thing to it in that there are two definitely like a and b stories but they really tie in together everything ties in together yes the like yes you know like there's the chicken thing and then obviously like tony is actually dating someone else and then there's like the amazing scene at the end where they both hit him with their purses. But yeah, um, yeah. but I don't feel like the show always does that. The, the A and B stories are often sort of like resolved on their own. And um, it, it's kind of cool here to see how everything sort of comes to a single sort of summit. Yeah, you're right. It's like, it, and they're very intertwined and also very Seinfeldian where there are multiple misinterpretations or miscommunications of like, oh, you thought that she roasted the chicken, but she didn't. You, know, <laughs> you thought that like, Tony was banging Angela, but he wasn't. You know, yeah. like, it's just kind of, it's really fascinating in that sense. It's great. Um, that chicken also, also on the table looks so good. <laughs> oh, it does. I know. When they put it back down, you're like, dude, I want that. Yeah. Right now. I don't care if it's Count Bessie. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> a bucket of chicken <laughs> exactly exactly oh god um the uh <laughs> also the chicken chow yes! scene oh, is so really good. great and it's like you kind of always i feel like that's also a, another trope that's in a lot of different uh sitcoms and movies and things like that where you're just like oh pretty good oh it's potpourri yeah. or oh it's like <laughs> it's it's dog food or some shit um but it also is delivered perfectly because like Betty White shrug when she's like, oh, it's, it's chicken chow. Yeah. <laughs> and she just shrugs when she walks out of the room. It's just absolutely, absolutely perfect. Oh, my God. Um, 
also uh in just like quirky funny lines um <laughs> in the before the fried chicken scene angela just goes i made dinner should be ready and you're like it's fried chicken what do you mean should be ready like <laughs> it's just like another like weird tv moment you're like all right you actually didn't just cook this this is not what you would say as you were actively making fried chicken but okay <laughs> we'll let it go there are so yeah. many lines like there's so much um, there's so many funny lines in this episode. Um, there's after they come to the realization or, you know, the false realization, I guess that Count Bessie has been yes. murdered in cold blood. Um, <laughs> they, Rose is sitting there playing the chicken piano and she's like so sad. And then Dorothy's like trying to console her. And, and, you know, she's like, Count Bessie did accomplish more on this earth than most chickens do in a lifetime. And totally. there's um, Blanche is there too. And, and, it's one of those moments where they're trying to talk to Rose in a genuine way, but neither one of them can do it without laughing. And yeah. it's so good because like, of course, that is exactly what you would be like if your friend was chicken sitting and a chicken was killed. <laughs> and then also like, it's just so ridiculous, you know? So like, there's a little bit of, of watching the scene where you're like, wow, these like, it's just so funny. And then like, once one of them starts laughing, the other one does. And Rose is just like, so upset and like, just like, unreachably, like in despair. It's so good. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. And oh, just just Blanche literally rocking the puns by itself <laughs> is just she's so and she's so proud of herself for it. the Friars Club. <laughs> yeah, the Rose the Friars Club. Oh, my God. That was that was the uh, that was the perfect one. That was so good. Um <laughs> But yeah, this one's like, it's very charming. It's, it helps if you know the previous Angela one, just for like the family dynamic piece. And especially, you know, everything you said was so true about just like the sibling closeness, but not too close um, or just family in general. But it also helps to like realize that they had been feuding for years, <laughs> for decades, actually, even before this happened. So of course, things are going to be a little tense. But uh, it's just, it's very charming and it's really funny the way it works out. And then, of course, we don't hear, like, you know, did Angela move out? Did, <laughs> what happened? You know, like, just sort of, like, left there in general. Right. Nobody knows. <laughs> Nobody knows. And she also, just close the episode. Um, in the last one that she's in, she, you know, she travels with no luggage. That's, like, the thing. And when she's moving this time, she moves with two paper grocery bags worth of stuff. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, at least that lines up yeah exactly you know americans are just like such hoarders yes. so i made i got two whole paper bags worth since i've been here <laughs> <laughs> oh god but yeah i don't have much more to say about this i really think that you nailed it with uh sort of the family angle and it's just it's just very charming and it's it's always lovely to see betty white lover of animals like with guest stars of animals right like that's that's just always fun even if it is a ridiculous chicken that you think is fried right yeah we spend so much time talking about nancy walker let's let's give the chicken a moment <laughs> <laughs> well you give it its moment all the time on twitter i really so. do i, I really am <laughs> biggest promoter <laughs> one of the one of the best of the menagerie of the entire golden girls run that's for sure so true and i do want to say one quick thing is that i wrote the airplane sweater makes um the, <gasps> yes the, uh i mean that's a bigger guest star than Count Bessie. No. Um, it's i think it's debut <laughs> it's is here it is it is and, and so perfectly in that debut scene of count Bessie too like it's just it plays off the rose character so so very well in that she'd be bringing this uh chicken in and wearing the sweater at the same time oh my god it's perfect <laughs> you're right much bigger guest star <laughs> 
All right. Anything else? No, that's it. All righty. Short but sweet. So join us next time when we discuss Blanche's breasts, Fess Parker, and Sicilian mayoral castration. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye.